Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Blue Jays Away podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Martin, and I'm with my fellow co-host, Tyler Prosick. And on this week's episode, we'll be talking about the Jays starting rotation and the extension of their time in Florida, our award picks for this season, as well as our opening day game picks. Tyler, how's it going? Exceptionally well. How about you? Exceptionally well. Wow. Not even just well, just exceptionally well. Oh, yeah. Someone must be in a good mood today. It's opening week, baby. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can start there because, I mean, like, I think since the last time we've done a podcast, this team looks drastically different now, in my oh, opinion, because yeah. of all the injuries. I yeah. think, you know, we we picked the wrong week to take a week off with everyone getting injured. So I guess we'll catch up now and talk about it. But obviously, you know, besides Kirby Yates, because he's out for the year, um, I think where I want to start is, Whose injury uh, as of late do you think is going to have the most impact on the Jays going into the season? Um, for me, because Pearson's impact on the Jays this year was kind of an unknown. Like we didn't know if he was going to be super dominant or just starting to get back into or get into the league still. I'm um, getting used to the MLB. So my biggest concern right now, although he's only supposed to be out the first series, I believe, is Robbie Ray because he was one of the players, and I talked about it in our over-under, that I thought he could have a big impact on the Jays. Um, so if he's out longer than just the first homestand or the first series against the Yankees, I think Texas is coming after that, then um, that, that'll that be pretty big deal because we don't really want Tanner Roark in our top three starters. So um, that, that's who I think um, is it's going to hurt the most missing in the starting rotation. I, I also think like we don't even want um, TJ Zoic in the rotation period personally. Like I know that he's shown some good things in spring training, but uh, I'm going to say the same thing I've said all the other podcasts is that it's spring training. Like I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Half these guys are just working on stuff. Like they're not going up there like actively, like obviously you want to do well, you want to hit, but for the guys that have roster spots, they go into spring, you know, with the mindset of, Oh, I'm going to work on like, getting down on the count and trying to hit with two strikes, like that kind of stuff. So, I mean, sure, like there is some way to put spring training. And I personally would want Thornton in over Zoic at this point. I mean, we can talk about, you know, our who we think is going to fill in those spots in the rotation for the first seven days, because uh, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like, you know, Ray or, uh, well, I mean, I don't know about Pearson, but I feel like those guys are going to come back some point in the first month or two. So. It won't be long-term fix, but I just feel like, you know, I'd rather Trent Fortin be that fifth guy than Zoic because I just think even though Trent, you know, he's only pitched, I think, three spring games right now, he's looked really good. And in the last in the last spring training game the other day against the Phillies, he looked really good again. And I think if you give him a couple days rest and even, you know, maybe for his first start, you only pitch him, you know, four innings, four or five innings, just because, you know, he's not fully built up because of that injury he had, you know, I think that's fine. That's all they need. Texas isn't supposed to be that great of a team. So I think, you know, putting him in, in that series against Texas would be good. And, you know, I just didn't like Zoic also pitched yesterday and Zoic didn't give me any confidence. Like he, he did, did not, not look do great. well yesterday. Yeah. Charlie Montoya before the game was like, Hey, you're on the team. He's like, okay, I'm going to go shit the bed against the Phillies. Like he played not good at all. But uh, a point I want to uh, back up for you is the Zoic not should not start. Um, well, not should not start, but shouldn't play very much. Like if he's the fifth starter, I think him, Thornton, and Anthony K maybe all pitch two innings, and they all split I, that fifth game. I think it's a sign of how many injuries the starting pitching depth of has had that he's in this position. Yeah, like. I've personally, I think one of my biggest surprises of the spring has been Ross Stripling because I've really liked him this spring. So I'm actually fine with him being in the rotation. Same with Steven Matz. They looked fine to me. So, I mean, the only way you're going to find out what you have in them is if they pitch, you know, meaningful starts in the regular season. So I'm fine with that. But, you know, I'm still not sold on TJ Zoic. He was one of the better pitchers in AAA in 2019, but he just hasn't been able to. He just hasn't been able to figure it out in the majors. And 
There's a lot of guys like that, even in the player position pool, you know, where you have great AAA numbers. And then, you know, a guy we could talk about is, uh, I'm blanking his first name right now, but uh, Fisher, the guy that got the Jays Derek got Fisher. from uh, Derek Fisher. Yeah. Like he had amazing AAA numbers. So like when the Jays picked this guy up, like he has potential to be pretty decent. And then he just was not good. And got the bonked on the head by a fly ball. I feel bad for the guy. Like, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little, yeah. felt a little bad for him. But, yeah, I just think, you know, maybe, okay, why don't we just get into it? Let's just talk about our rotation. I think my rotation, as of now, we're going to put the asterisks because Ray and uh, Pearson will both be in our rotations if they're healthy. But yeah. I think you got to go Ryu and then Strip. I think Stripling should be two. I think it's Ryu, Stripling, Matt's pitch the series against the Yankees. And then to start off against Texas, you have um, you have Thornton and Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark. I I completely forget about Tanner Roark. Like I, when I when I saw people talking about it the other day, I was like, wait, Tanner Roark still on this team? Like I completely forgot yeah. about him. So yeah, he's probably going to be. I think that's kind of my uh, rotation right now. Obviously, that you know things can move. Like maybe if you want to give. Thornton more time to throw like another bullpen before he starts. Maybe you put, you know, Roark in the fourth game instead of the fifth game. But I mean, you know, that's just the way I see it going, but I don't know. What about you, Tyler? Man, honestly, Tanner Roark makes me cringe. Um, like I really hope he can get back to what he was a couple of years ago. And even if it's just a fraction of that, where he gives us a four ERA for the year, um, and pitches 115 innings or 120 innings, something like that. Um, maybe 100. I'd be shocked if he pitched 150, but um, we'll see what he brings this year. Anyway, Ryu's a lock for number one, obviously. He's the opening day starter. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Steven Matz. Um, although the only reason, and this may cr- make you cringe, it makes me cringe, is they would put Tanner Roark in the number two spot only to get the matchups with – so Ryu, lefty to start, Roark, righty, next game. And then you bring in a lefty again, Mats, who's hot right now. And then against the Rangers, you started off with Stripling, who's been pitching decently well. And then for the final game, you split Thornton, who would start the game, and then you let the bullpen take the rest well, with like guys like Barucki uh, being the long man out of the, out of the pen. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I'm very confused on who's going to be our um, starter on the Saturday this Saturday, actually. Um, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I don't think we'll know that till maybe Wednesday. Yeah. Cause if we're, we're so tomorrow, uh, yeah. we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, this will be hopefully out before the first game, the yeah. first pitch on uh, one o'clock on Thursday. But I mean, it's just, I think the Jays are going to get pumped in this first series. Not because they won't hit, but I think the pitching is not going to look great. Um, I think game one, the Jays will look decent because Ryu's pitching. Well, um, yeah, I think I think we'll get into this later, but I think Ryu's going to be a Cy Young candidate again this year because he just looked unreal in spring. Yeah, no, if he if he continues what he was doing last year, I mean, if only he can take that into the playoffs <clears throat> against Tampa Bay. Um, that's sad. Anyways, yeah, no, I think in at least the third game, maybe the first two games we put up a fight, but actually it depends who's pitching. See, I, I can't tell you because I don't know who's pitching for the second game yet, but if Tanner Roark is pitching one of these three games, we're going to get slaughtered. One of these three games that, that is yeah, he's, what, a fly, he's a fly ball machine. And then Yankee stadium with, you know, judge Stanton. Yeah. Even yeah. Gary Sanchez to some level, you know, like yeah. even DJ can hit it out of the park. Especially when you yeah. have that short, it's right field. That's the short part of the ballpark, right? Uh, right. I'm sorry, I'm trying to picture. Yeah, it is right field. It's this side. I think so. It's yeah. right field. Um, the thing so, is, with um, sorry to cut you off, but the only thing that I'm thinking right now is Springer's also could be out for the first two, three games, maybe more. Well, the fact that Jonathan Davis, which made we could talk team. about a little bit too, made the team tells you that he's not just going to be out for a game, or else they would just you know put in Gretchen and. Springer would occupy that roster spot. Yeah, I think so, I think maybe the first two series, um, and he'll be back next week. Um, I can't believe I just said next week that the Blue Jays play regular season baseball this week, guys. Oh my god. Um, 
but yeah, maybe he comes back again uh, for the homestand against um, LA and the Yankees again, just because he'll be in Dunedin anyway, uh, fixing up, uh, you know, his body getting ready. Um, so it makes sense for him to return for the homestand, but we'll see. Yeah, I think, you know, I think my, I never answer the question I ask you. So maybe I should do that too. I think my most concerning injury is, is Springer. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people would shoot you that. I'm like, even if it's a minor injury, the Jays put $150 million into this guy. Yeah. Like guaranteed money. So I don't know if I feel comfortable bringing him back too soon. Like if they get pumped by the Yankees in the first series, that's fine. I don't think they're going to, like I've said all spring, hitting is not their issue. I don't think that hitting's really going to like, you know, be the thing that really stumps the Blue Jays. Like even on their down spells, I think they're going to be still a strong hitting team. I expect them honestly to compete with the uh, Dodgers, Braves, and, you know, Yankees and a lot of the top team offensive categories next year. So, I mean, or this year, sorry, not next year. We're in 2021. But I, I still feel like we're in 2020 sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But it's, it's, it's just going to mess up the whole lineup because I guess you're, I think Springer was most likely going to be the one or two man coming into the lineup. So that means you're probably going to push up a guy like Bo to maybe bat second. And then I guess maybe Semyon bats first. Yeah. And then maybe you have Vlad four, Tay Oscar, or sorry, Vlad three, Tay Oscar four. And then you have Grichik five, Lord is Guriel Jr. six, you know, and then put it else you want, like then Danny Jansen. But another thing that I found interesting is, you know, I think we should also talk about this too, looking at the Jays, is the fact that Kirk made the team. I know I don't have this on my notes here, but it just shows you that I feel like the Jays are more in a when now mind frame this year. Yeah. Because I think, I think in any other year, like if they went into last year and Kirk had the numbers he did in uh, 2019, I think he would have been put in the minors if there was a minors. I also think the fact that the minors has been delayed this year is also, is also a factor. I think that, you know, the fact that there is no triple a season in Buffalo is one of the main reasons that this, that he's on the roster. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you can talk to this a little bit, but like I was the one that made the argument that they should keep um oh my god, I'm blanking his name right Eric. now. No, no, no. Um not Telez, uh the other catcher that's uh Reese McGuire. Of, Reese McGuire. God, you think I I didn't ha- you think I haven't watched a single spring training game this year. <laughs> Anyways, Reese McGuire looked like crap this spring. Like he did not help his case. Like I think if Reese McGuire hits 200 which by the way he hit 125 this spring he's on the roster i think the fact that he couldn't get it together at any level this spring was made the jays like okay you know if someone picks you up someone picks you up dude like we don't really care at this point yeah and honestly with the spring he had i don't know maybe baltimore picks him up question mark like who's baltimore's backup catcher i don't know Exactly. Don't, we don't even know. No one. I don't think anyone knows. So <laughs> I don't even think Baltimore knows. So I mean, like, <laughs> sure, Baltimore, take him. Like, I think if we are so desperate that we need a guy, like, um, Tyler Flowers is still available as a catcher on the market. You know, there's a couple guys that you know, if someone gets injured, you all you have to do is call up their agent and be like, hey we have a major league job for you. We don't know how long it's going to be, but we have the job for you. And plus, I don't know, I didn't know this, but apparently Robbie Ray prefers to throw to Kirk over Jansen. That like they've, that's what they're saying on 31 Thoughts uh, this week that, you know, Ray and uh, Kirk have formed a like a very good rapport. So he's almost going to be exclusively catching Ray to start the season at least. And I think, you know, that's good for hit, for Kirk, obviously, because he's going to get the at-bats and Ray's going to be comfortable with him. So the only downside is that, like, I'm sure you've also seen Tyler, Kirk has had some defensive hiccups. clubs yeah. in spring. Yeah, hiccups. So I don't know, maybe I just, maybe I just taken all your thoughts up from talking, but uh, what do you think about, you know, Kirk making the team? I know you've been an advocate of him. 
Um, yeah, no, I like Kirk a lot. Um, I think, you know, in the past, the Jays have been uh, keep guys down for service time. And this time it's call you up because you're demolishing the baseball. Um, and I think that was the best move. Um, if, if Kirk regressed a little bit as spring training went on, I don't, yeah, I think he maybe had 20 at bats in spring, um, or something like that. Um, but what he did this spring was really impressive. And, uh, yes, it's spring, like Curtis mentions all the time and we love him for it. Um, but, but he still cranked the baseball. And I think it was Ben Nicholson Smith said on, uh, maybe Tim and friends or something like that. Alejandro Kirk hits everywhere he goes um, in every level of baseball he's played. He's hit like a monster. Um, so if that's what you have in your, in your system, you might as well bring it up if you're trying to win. Um, and if Danny Jansen continues to struggle at the plate, like he has in the past, um, you put Kirk in and you, you know, get him, you get him, to keep working on his defense. Cause we all know that's the only really worry with Kirk right now is his defense. Um, Cause he's really great offensively. Like we say time and time again. Um, but you know, if he's building, like you mentioned relationships with his pitchers, that's really important. Um, like Russell Martin built a really big relationship in LA with Hyunjin Ryu. I believe they had a really strong catcher pitcher relationship. And if you build those relationships with those pitchers on your team, it's not only going to get you playing, you're going to get way more at bats, obviously, because Kirk can DH, sure. But if he's catching, then he's in the lineup consistently, uh, like on a daily basis, if he if he were to build these relationships. So building one with uh, with a guy that's projected to be at the top of our rotation is a really, really good thing for for Kirk. Um, and it's really important that he continues to do that with guys um, in our system, like Danny Jansen, uh, when Ryan Barucki made his debut, I think, two years ago. Um, Danny Jan Jansen and Ryan Barucki were best friends and had an extremely good um, catcher-pitcher rela relationship. And that's one of the reasons Barucki did so well in his rookie year is because of that relationship and the trust they had with each other. And so Barucki would, you know, be a little more reckless with his, with his pitches and, you know, try to paint the corners a little better um, just because he trusted his catcher that much more to uh, back him up when uh when pitches could be in the dirt yeah i mean i think it's time's gonna tell because i think the main concern with kirk is can he do it over a long season i think that's honestly the concern with all the young guys because like we've said it in both our interviews with dan shulman and you know ben nichols and smith they both uh wink wink for all the people on audio um both both of the all of these young guys haven't played 162 games yet in one season. They just haven't. I mean, wait, didn't Vlad almost do it in 2019? They've played a bunch, but, you know, injuries and then it, COVID season. Yeah, they, yeah. they haven't played a full season. We'll just say that because we know that that's true. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this season. I'm really happy right now about my Vlad over under picks because he looks phenomenal this spring. And I think at Dunedin, he is going to rake the ball yeah like the ball is going to go soaring out of the ballpark so sorry tyler uh, i feel like i'm one step closer to getting you wearing that costume and if Honestly, you don't know what you're talking a little bit excited <laughs> you're wait are you actually excited to i see i don't want to wear it like i i was making picks to not wear it i think it would be fun i mean no no, no i was i was picking to to win as well because i want to win um but uh I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. People will look at you and it'd be funny. And if you don't know what you're talking or what we're talking about, sorry, make sure to go back and check what out. Time? The... <laughs> Why you can to interrupt me like that, man? <laughs> I would, in right in the middle of plug, you interrupt me. We're not doing it now. Just My go bad. check out the, the podcast called uh, Over Unders because you know, we kind of stole from Ben and Arden and because we think it's a pretty cool segment and we did our over-under picks and, you know, there is some weight behind those picks. So make sure to check that out. But I, wait, I'm getting a message. Oh, and plus we had the B-level guest on that episode, uh, Robert Vona. I, I, that joke's worn out. Like we've said it like how many straight episodes, like two or three. That will never be worn out. It's hilarious. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I think Robert's worn out by it. I don't know if he's going to come back on because you keep on ta- calling him a B level guest. If he comes back, we B plus. We we just keep on giving him a better grade every time he comes. Yeah. So like an A minus is the third time. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I'm down for that. But anyways, you know, getting on on topic once again, you know, shifting it back to baseball. Um, the bullpen's really interesting. I think. You know, the last piece of, you know, the puzzle that, you know, we weren't really sure. Steven Matz has a spot, which I think right, uh, rightfully so. He's pitched so well in spring and he's looked, his stuff's looked really good after Tommy John, which is kind of nice because they have two lefties out of the bullpen in Ryan Barucki and Steven Matz, which I don't know how many teams have that, you know, that option to Wait, throw two different. You're talking about Tim Maeza? Or... Or, yeah, yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, Stephen Matz does for a left. Yeah, and he also is pretty good, so it's fine. And he also and he also has good stuff, so, yeah, you know, both is true. But, uh, yeah, Tim Meza is uh, – and having both those guys on the roster is just going to give them, you know, that lefty versatility, especially, like we were saying, against the Yankees in the first round. They're going to have a lot of, you know, righties, so – I just kind of wanted to ask you, because of, you know, as everyone who's listening to this podcast knows, uh, Kirby Yates is out for the season. Um, Who do you see in the bullpen? I won't give it away because wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I have an article coming out about who I think is on the team opening day. But, yeah, uh, Tyler, I want you to take away with that. Um, Just the bullpen here. Um, I mean, I think two guys, in my mind, that are going to have the biggest impact on the team this year. A guy I know is going to be pretty good is Rafael Dolis. He was incredible last year, and I think that'll transition into this year as well. Um, I think, however, he will be the setup man instead of the closer, and I think Jordan Romano is going to win the closing role. Um, I freaking love Jordan Romano. He's from Markham, Ontario. Shout out. It's where I was born. Um, so, I mean, I, I think Jordan Romano is going to be super, super big for the Jays um, closing games this year if, if, he, re, if he gets that opportunity um, I think that's the best guy for the job. Um, Julian Merriweather, uh, who wants to be a starter, I think he's another option for a long man out of the bullpen um, because he was a starter in the minors and he still wants to be a starter. Um, I don't see him getting an opportunity in the starting rotation uh, unless everything goes bad and everyone gets injured. Then you kind of have to, you know, it's forcing your hand. Um but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think A.J. Cole could be pretty good as well again this year. Um, he's a good guy to bring in the sixth, seventh inning or maybe the fifth inning if a guy had a rocky start um, and you want to try to get the team back on track. That's a good guy to have. Um, and finally here, um, David Phelps is kind of a wild card for me. I'm not really sure what to expect from David Phelps. Um, I, I know he, he's had some good years in his career. Um, so I guess we'll see. Uh, like, only time will tell. Um and you know, now that I'm looking at the bullpen, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. I really like. Would have been amazing if we had Yates. Like, yeah, I think, exactly. Yeah, I'm not I, gonna I, give too much away, but yeah, I think that. I also think it's like we're gonna be talking about it because we do have a podcast, and you know, we kind of had to fill time because you know we have time, and you know, there's stuff to talk about. Like we can't talk about the future because the future hasn't happened yet. So we're gonna talk about it, but this bullpen's going to change so much. Like, I honestly think that Alex Manoa in, like, August might become a part of this bullpen. Yeah. I know um, a lot of people don't want to, like, say that because they want him to be a starter, but I'm like, if he gets a couple good, like, developmental months in, you're in the race, like, you're in the wild card spot, why are you not bringing him up? Like, if he's tearing it up in the minors, like, I don't see a reason why you can't do what you did with, you know, Sanchez and Stroman in 2015, you know, or, well, it was more 2014, but, you know, they both have had time out of the bullpen coming up into the majors. And I think any good team, that's what you do. Like, look at Ross Stripling. Like, he played in the bullpen because he was on the Dodgers. He had a great team. So I'm just interested to see what happens, obviously, uh, with, you know, the bullpen. And you can hear my thoughts in my article, which is going to be going out uh, to yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, as of the time of this recording, it's going to be tomorrow. But when you're listening to this, it's going to be yesterday. So uh, make nice. sure to uh, nice. 
Oh, clap. Okay. Um, but anyways, enough plugging in the middle of this episode. Like, God, we got to save this all to the end. We have a specific plug time. I know. Anyways, I think let's get back into the nitty gritty. We have our first series, 1 p.m. start time. Jays, Yankees, matinee on Sportsnet. Fucking Dan. It's going to be amazing. We're Woo! hyped. I'm hyped. What do you, how, how do you see this, um, the series going? I know it's kind of weird because like we already talked about a lot of people are injured, but in the end, how do you see this uh, series going? Uh, game one, it's going to be, I think, low scoring. I mean, just because you have Garrett Cole on the mound, you have Yenjin Ryu on the mound. Um, unless one of the bullpens like poop the bed later in the game. But when Garrett Cole's pitching, it's likely he goes six to eight or nine innings. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll see there. But with Ryu, I bet you he goes five, maybe, yeah, maybe six innings. Um, and the bullpen takes the rest because uh, one thing we've learned from Charlie Montoyo is that he really trusts his bullpen. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but I think also what they have to keep in mind is you want to kind of, you don't want to stretch Ryu out too far because it's the first game of the season, obviously, but you might need your bullpen a whole bunch at the end of this series um, just in case, because, you know, we have guys like, um, Steven Matz and Tanner Roark possibly pitching, even Ross Stripling. There's a whole lot of question marks here. So I do think the Jays will take game one. You know what? Nope. Yankees are taking game one. It's unfortunate, but it's the truth because Garrett Cole is pitching. Um, game two and three, however, I think is totally up in the air. Um, it's, you know, whoever, whichever offense pumps out more runs. I mean, that's how you win games, but against these kind of pitchers who are going to be matching up. I think whoever's offense is hotter to start the year. And right now, to be honest, it looks like the Jays offense is pretty damn hot um, because they've been, they made quite a few comebacks in the last couple of games of spring training. A lot of that was their younger guys facing other teams, younger guys. And that just speaks to the depth of our system. But um, I'm going to say Yankees take game one, unfortunately, but hopefully I am surprised by the Jays. Um. Since we're not going to be back until the series is over, I'm going to talk about the whole series. I think it's going to be a two wins for the Yankees, one win for the Jays. And the only reason they're getting a win is because Kluber has been announced as the uh, Saturday starter for the Yankees. And I, as Tyler know, am not high on Corey Kluber anymore. I just think he's not a good pitcher anymore. Like, sure, he might be a serviceable, like, fifth guy on a good team, in my opinion. But obviously the Yankees think differently. I honestly don't know his spring stats, but personally, I'm not like looking at that as a challenge, especially to this lineup. I think this lineup's going to dummy around, you know, Kluber and really take that game by control. But I think after that, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, Jameson Tyon's supposed to pitch game three. I think he's going to be good coming out of the gates this year. And then obviously, like you said, AJ Cole, even though we have Hunjin Ryu, I think we're just going to lose those two pitching matchups. And I know, you know, we have good offense. That's true. But I think the Yankees have an even better offense, especially if we don't have Springer. <laughs> like we've mm. already said the names, Judge, Stanton, if Gary Sanchez can get off the ground, DJ LeMayhew, uh, Glaber Torres, like, you know, just go down the list. They have so many guys that can swing the bat. So I think, you know, it's honestly my personal opinion. I think it's going to be a rocky start to start the season. I think, you know, we might see them under 500 real quick, but I don't think you should be concerned because as we've talked about for the majority of this podcast, they've been injured. Yeah. They have. So once they get back to full health, I think that's when we're going to see the full blue Jays. And I think that's when, you know, the gears are really going to start turning and that's when they're sort of going to win or going to start to win games. That being said, they all are also playing the Texas Rangers and shout out Rugnado Dor who got hey, an option. <laughs> like hey, that's that as a, as Blue Jays fans, that just brought a smile to my face. I think seriously, I think Tim said uh, posted this on Twitter. I can't find it right now, but someone wrote, "I remember, um, I'd rather get punched in May than optioned in March." And I <laughs> thought that was, <laughs> I I thought that was hilarious. That is funny. So shout out to whoever wrote that on Twitter. But yeah, like I think it's gonna be a rough start to uh, 
to the first three games, but I think, you know, they can turn around Texas because while people are saying, ooh, Texas might be a good team, like watch out for Texas. I don't think Texas is going to be that great. Maybe they just come out and sweep us, which I'll look like an idiot on this podcast, but I, you know, I think that's just what we're here for, right? Like to look like idiots. So I think, you know, just to be proven wrong. Like if we had an actual listening to this podcast, I wonder how many people would go back to what we've already said and be like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Like, Jesus, like all these cold takes. But yeah, I mean, I just see them losing two of those games. Nothing against the Jays. We have a good team. We don't have the pitching right now. Yeah, it's just the the Yankees and injuries. So yeah, that's my final thing. But unless you have anything you want to add, Tyler, I think we're going to move on to more. Oh, actually, sorry. Almost forgot about this. Uh, The Blue Jays did announce that they're going to be playing the rest of their home schedule, or at least they're moving their um, home. How how should I phrase this? They're extending their stay in Dunedin. That's how I should say it. Yes. They're playing in Dunedin until uh, May 24th, which is good. I think it's a, it's a smart move because it's kind of weird moving your team after two home series to a completely new location. You know, in yeah. May, it's still not too hot in Florida, which is the main concern. And it also gives, you know, Buffalo more time to get ready because as me and Tyler have already said on this podcast, we don't think they're going to play in Toronto this year. We hope they can, but it seems like every day, you know, the chances are getting less and less of this variant going out there, not to get too much into COVID on this podcast, but yeah. So just what are your thoughts, Tyler, just quickly? Cause I know, you know, we've kind of already talked about them playing in Duddy with the uh, extension. Um, yeah, I mean, it's what it is. It's a good, the, the development complex, we talked about it before, is, is really great. So, I mean, I'm sure the players aren't that sad. I mean, you're getting to play baseball in Florida, so that's also pretty good. And about, like, there's the concern about heat, but most of the games are at 7 anyway when the sun's starting to go down. Um, so, I mean, up until, like, in June, they're going to have to make a decision, obviously, because then it's going to get too hot and rain too much. Um but I think the decision for what will come after these three homestands, which ends on May 24th, is their last game um, that's supposed to happen in Dunedin. Um, I think the decision will come around May 10th. Um, on It's one of the Jays' off days in the middle of a, um, a, uh, a road trip. Um, so I think their decision will come then on what's next. Um, likely going to be in Buffalo. Um, but I guess we'll see what the rules are in regards to uh, the Jays playing in Toronto, maybe with no fans, um, just because the only reason I think it's a possibility um, <clears throat> is because the NHL just got approved their, their seven-day rule for players to quarantine. So the, the government's starting to allow things to happen a little more um, gradually. Um, so I guess we'll see. But hopefully, like we say all the time, they play in Toronto, but it's looking like they'll be in Buffalo for June 1st against Miami. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more to add on that front. Um, you know, it's kind of a thing they have to do. They have to play in Florida. I don't think Buffalo is ready. They've already installed the lights and everything for the night games in Dunedin. So, you know, that's all ready to go. They can have fans in Dunedin, which, you know, is part of the the appeal, you know, of playing in Florida. It's not a lot of fans, but it's fans. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, what's going to happen after May. But Obviously, it's not a dumb decision. It kind of gives the team of, you know, a confirmed place to place their roots. And I mean, as brought up before, a lot of the guys have homes in Florida already because that's where they live in the off season. So, you know, a lot of guys, you know, stay home, stay with the family uh, when they're in these home stands, which, you know, no one really got to do last year with the Jays. You know, playing in Buffalo for most for for all the season. Actually, they played Buffalo and played in Buffalo for all the season. So. Be interesting, interesting to see what happens, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, and there's not much you can do about it. And I think you know, moving on from you know more specifically the Blue Jays, it's the start of the season, obviously, as Tyler's mentioned, and you know, this is around the time when uh, people start talking about awards, even though it's way too early, and we're not going to be right. I guarantee you, we probably won't be right, but. We're going to go through, and I think we'll start with uh, Cy Young first for each, you know, 
um, league. And then we'll go to, you know, MVP and then rookie of the year. Rookie of the year is a little bit harder, but, you know, we'll do our best. So before yeah. we start, are we going to go, do you have yours written down or are you just thinking of them? Because mine are written I, down. They're set in stone. I have mine in my head. Okay. Mine are set like, in stone. I, okay. Well, you can start on the first one. We'll go with AL Cy Young. Okay. I'm going to go and then you do the AL Cy Young and then we'll keep going. So uh, AL Cy Wait. Young. Wait, are we not going to talk about it or are you just? Yeah, no, no, we will. Yeah. I'm just saying I'll go and then you can go for the AL Cy Young and then, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. go. Okay. So for AL Cy Young, uh, my pick, Garrett Cole uh, of the New York Yankees. Boo, um, it's not that. It's, you're, you're not interesting. But of course you're going to pick Garrett Cole. Like, it's, that's the it's, obvious. It's the like, easy pick and it's the one I'm going with. My NL will may surprise you, but we'll see. Uh, Garrett Cole is my pick for uh, the AL Cy Young. He won it. Um, I think, I don't know, I don't have it pulled up, but he won it a little while ago. And then, um, you know, he's always in a conversation for it because he's that freaking amazing um, rip to the Pirates um, and then the Astros. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so Garrett Cole's my pick just because, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're looking at the season and you want the safe pick, you go with Garrett Cole um, right now. So that's my pick. Since you picked Garrett Cole, I wasn't going to pick Garrett Cole, first of all, just to let everyone know. It, for me, it was between two guys. I think, you know, despite Cleveland not being good, Shane Bieber will have yeah. another great season. But I'm actually going to be the homer, and I'm going with Hunjin Ryu. I think that Hunjin Ryu, if, like, let's be honest, if he pitches the way he pitched last year over, like, the whole season, 162 games, he'll like, he won't play under, he'll win. Like, yeah. the only reason he didn't win last year is because he's not as flashy as Bieber. Like, let's be real. He was, like, one of the top pitchers in the league. Like, if we want to bring in National League and Central, or in sorry, and American League, I, I don't know why I said Central, but <laughs> uh, my pick is my pick is Hanjin Ryu. I just think that's fair. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be a Blue Jays homer. I just think that you know, despite you know the league really getting into velocity and you know pitching hard and you know throwing 100 miles an hour, which we have Nate Pearson. I get it. I think Hanjin Ryu is just has so much finesse and has looked so locked in that he's I think he will see in the first game he might lose but I I think it's gonna be a real close game like two side our two Cy Young picks are gonna be going against each other in the first game of the season how exciting yeah. is that yeah so I mean yeah I think it's between Shane Baber and Hunjin Ryu also quick side note the announcers in spring training is calling Ryu Ryu I'm like unbelievable take the time it's it makes me cringe every time the Phillies broadcasted it like every like every time and he pitched against them like twice. I'm like, yeah. could you did no one go up to them and be like, hey guys, it's actually Ryu, it's not Ryu. Like, I don't know, it just Ridiculous. bothered me. I'm like, as as like you know, a sports uh journalist, it just bothers me that you're not getting yeah. it right. Yeah. So that's, I'm picking that's a fail error. Yeah, that's a that for anyone in J school, that's an F warning right there. Um, but I don't know, like, what do you, what do you think about that pick Tyler? Cause you look like you kind of have, you're, you're shaking I, no, your head, you're grinning. The it's, a, I mean, it's a, it's a good pick. Um, it's, but like, like you mentioned, um, the Cy Young has been a little bit of a flashy award lately. Um, so we'll see, but I think he's, he could pitch that good that he, they have to give it to him. Um, just because of how amazing he was. Um, and he handled, a lot of the teams really, really well this year. Um, even the ones that gave us some teams that gave us a bunch of problems, like like the Rays, uh, who always give the Jays problems. Uh, he handled these teams like it was nothing. And he came from the NL too, so it's not like he was used to them. Um, so he came in and he he dealt freaking dimes of games all, all year um, in the COVID-shortened season. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I don't disagree. It's just Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. So I go with Garrett Cole. But the, and yeah. also the going with like being a Blue Jays fan and picking him, I don't think, like, I think this team's that good where these guys are in these types of conversations. Um, because one of my picks for one of the awards is a Blue Jay, but we'll get into that. You're, you're gonna, I know who you're going to say, but whatever. no, you don't. I, I know no, you I won't do. guess it. I know you won't guess it. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyways, so do, do we want to go NL Cy Young yeah. now? Yeah, you can start this time. I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be surprised, but I think 
this little team called the Washington Nationals are going to have two award winners this year. And the first one is going to be Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, despite being turning 37 later, is a god still at baseball. Like, he is one of the best pitchers in the world. I know that Tyler's probably going to go on the side of, like, DeGrom or someone like that to win the uh, AL Cy Young, one of the younger names, but or one of the people in that division with the Padres and Dodgers. I get that, but I just think that, you know, I just think that the Washington Nationals are going to be good this year. A lot of people are sleeping on them, all you know, and I just think that, you know, Max Scherzer has always been in that conversation. He'll continue to be in that conversation, and he will win this year. He'll also, I think he'll break the record for being one of the older pitchers to win the award, too, if he does win it this year, though, which I think he can do. Like, I have high expectations for Max Scherzer this year, especially knowing that he's going to have his full, like, his all of his buddies behind him, unlike last year when they were all injured. I think, you know, they're a team to watch out for. I know Tyler disagrees because we've had conversations about the NLE so much off camera, but I see, yeah, I see no regression from Max uh, Max Scherzer. Um, he's been unreal for pretty much his whole career. Um, or the last couple of years, he's just been amazing. Um, but my pick is actually going to knock your socks off. My pick for the NL Cy Young. Can I Aaron, wait, 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 Can I guess before you say it? I already said his first name, but go ahead. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I was gonna say Mike Soroka, but. Oh. Because Mike Soroka is a guy that I could see having a bounce back here, but who are you going to say? My pick for the NL Cy Young is Aaron Nola of the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, get, out have, of you. get out of here! I have, I have explanation. That's such a terrible pick. That's a brutal no, pick. It's really not. Um, so he's 27 years old and been their number one starter for the past three years, I believe. So you admit the Phillies are better than the Mets then? No, I didn't say that. I said Aaron Nola is a good pitcher. Shane Bieber won the, the Cy Young last year. The freaking Indians were terrible. Yeah, that's because the Indians were trying to be terrible. Yeah, but Bryce Harper sucks. Anyways, um, so... I, that's, that's, that's a hot take. I know that's, it is. That's a, that's a hot take. In 2018, he pitched 212 innings, was third in Cy Young voting, and finished with, I believe, yeah, a 237 ERA, which is very good. Very good, obviously. Next year, he pitched 200 innings again. And this year, he had a 387 when the Phillies weren't that good. In 2020, last year, COVID-shortened season, 71 innings pitched. That's quite a few for the shortened season. With a 328 ERA. He's, he's floating between the 230s and the 350s. He's been in that range, right? And last year, he came seventh in Cy Young voting. In his career, he averages 9.8 strikeouts per nine innings. That's pretty good. And he's pitched in six years in that division as well. So, it's yes, it's a hot take, but it's not that hot to that reaction. He's an extremely good pitcher. There is a bunch of guys I would pick over Nola. No, no, no. My my first pick is Jacob think, But... But wait, so why do you say Nola then? No, but Nola is my my pick that I think is gonna steal like the safe pick is Jacob DeGrom. Everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. But Aaron Nola is my pick for the guy who I think is going to win it. He's the guy I, I, think I was gonna, gonna win. It. I th- I think the safe pick is actually Blake Snell. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah, could be a good because I think that team's so good defensively now, and the fact that Blake Snell is one of the best pitchers in the world. But I still think Max Scherzer and the Nationals are really going to blow our socks off. And that's a great segue because we'll go to the NL MVP. And I'm going to continue my thoughts because, Tyler, say it with me. Who's my NL MVP? Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Juan Soto has been a great player over the last couple of years. I know Fernando Tastis Jr. is in that uh, league. I know Bryce Harper's in that league. I know that's your pick because it's the obvious pick and you only pick obvious picks. But, you know, Juan Soto, you know, despite the Nationals having subpar seasons in the past, has been an above average hitter. He's been an all-star throughout his career. And I think this year is when he's finally going to peak. He's going to have the pieces around him this year. In my article, I don't want to plug when it's not plug time, but like I say, like 
He has Josh Bell now. He has Kyle Schwarber. Some people are going to groan at that comment. He had 35 home runs in 2019. Don't groan at that comment. And I think they're going to win the NL East. And I think that's why Juan Soto is going to win MVP because he, him, Scherzer, are going to carry that team to the NL East and into the, the NL or the NLCS, sorry, the NLCS. I think they're going to make it farther in the playoffs and people expect it. I know MVP is not an award for the playoffs. I get it. But I think that Juan Soto is going to win MVP. And he's also a great defender. Have you seen the highlights he has in the outfield? Like, the guy's amazing. He is my MVP pick. No doubt about it. When we reach plug time, if you don't just say, I wrote an article for the NL East and stop, I'm going to be upset <laughs> because that went on for a while. Anyways, because it's fine, because go support the site uh, over the line support. Um, MVP for the NL is Fernando Tatis Jr. My my original pick was Juan Soto, but I was like, eh. and I was like, this guy just signed a fat contract. He's going to want to prove himself because he's still young. He's super flashy. Um, one of the one of the flashiest players in the game. And that's seeming like it's kind of a part of the awards now um, just because, you know, it is a business. So, um, but no, I think Fernando Tatis is going to destroy the baseball this year. He's put up great numbers in his first, in his first two years. Um, Wasn't even a full year. I don't think the first one, maybe it was, I don't know for sure, but um, no, I think uh, Fernando Tatis is winning MVP um, for the NL. All right. Perfect. And I think, you know, closing it out um, with the MVP is the AL MVP. And so, Tyler, I'm going to shoot it over to you. You're going to say Boba Shed. I know it. No, I'm not. Well, who are you going to say then? Because, okay, my original pick for AL MVP was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but I changed it. Because whoa, whoa, that that's kind of a spicy take. That's a little is. bit of a spicy take. Okay, the only reason I'm going to say I'm going to talk about this for a second is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Not because his 421 batting average in spring, because we all know it's spring. Not because his 511 on base percentage, it's spring. Not because of his 737 slugging percentage, it's because of his five strikeouts in 47 at bats. That is the reason I was going to pick him as the AL MVP. Um, because of his pitch selection, that is so much better that his average this year, I think is going to be, is going to be crazy. The only reason I don't think he wins MVP is because, you know, he's going to hit home runs. He's going to get a good average, but is he really going to play, you know, that much in the field? And yes, you can win it as a DH, but it's more likely that if you're a fielder, you're going to win MVP. Um, so I'm going with the pick that, you know, I, Curtis has been saying go with safe pick, even though I went with Aaron Nola for NL Cy Young. Um, Mike Trout is my AL MVP. And I whoop, I dropped my pen. Um, this is because he is on track to win it in regards of his career so far. Because how his career has gone, from what I understand, it's something like this. Second in, a, in MVP. Second in MVP. One. Didn't win. One. Didn't win. Didn't win. One. And then he didn't win last year. So that means this year, Mike Trout's going to win MVP. That is my logic here. Plus, you know, last year he hit, what, 270-something and said he had a bad year. This year, and he's like, oh, yeah, I fixed my swing. So he's coming back, just had a kid. This guy's going to want to show his kid that he's the best baseball player of all time. He's going to knock a million baseballs out of the park. So Mike Trout's my this is, I think this is going to be the hottest take you're going to hear on this podcast ever. Yep. But I think the Cleveland Indians are going to have another award winner this year, and it's going to be Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Interesting. I it I don't I'm surprised you're not as you know surprised. I think I mean, Jose, Jose Ramirez, Ramirez is unreal. I think he's finally under out of Lindor's shadow. First of all, I think you know I think a lot of people forget about Jose Ramirez because you know you have the best shortstop in the world. I might think like maybe arguably. you argue arguably on your team. So you're not going to get the love, but third base is a premium position. A lot of MP MVPs are third baseman because it's such a hard position to play defensively. He's a great defensive player. Plus, you know, I know he had a little bit of a down year, but you know, the, all the Indians had a down year this year. I think the Indians are going to surprise some people don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think Jose Ramirez is going to 
hit a lot this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a 30 plus home run guy and above 280 average guy. And that's what you need to be an MVP is to be in like the 300 of batting range and be over three or 30 to 35 home runs. So I think my pick is Jose Ramirez. And plus when you're on a bad team and you're playing well, it just makes you look a lot better. Look at your pick, Tyler. Like Trout has played on some bad angels teams and he's looked amazing because not just because he's a good, he is a good player, but also because what's around him is not that great. And I think you could make the same argument for Jose Ramirez. If he gets, especially like, think about it. Wouldn't it shock you if Jose Ramirez got over 90 RBIs on the Indians? Cause like yeah. RBI is just a stat when people have to get on base, not just you. And I think that's possible with the Indians. So I think that, you know, if Jose Ramirez does all those things, he is going to win the MVP just for a little, like shout out to another person. I was thinking Aaron judge, if he's healthy this year, I think is a serious contender for the MVP. I think you also have to look at Houston with Alex Bregman, you know, another guy that really stood out over the last couple of years, but I think I'm going to go with Jose Ramirez right now. Might be a hot take, but that is my uh, that is my pick for uh, American League MVP. I mean, yeah, no, no. Jose Ramirez is incredible, so I think it's not that hot of a take. I mean, well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I think I think Vladdy would have been more of a hot like take. a reach than than yeah. Ramirez. Yeah, because but, Ramirez is an established all-star hitter. That's yeah. But also in the same logic, like what if Vlad hits 40 home runs and is like a 290 hitter? Yeah. Yeah. Is he in the MVP? I think he's in the MVP conversation. Oh God, yeah. if, if you're hitting if 40 and does. 290, you're in the MVP conversation. Yeah, that's you should have done an over under how many MVP slash award winners are on the team. Cause Imagine Hunjin Ryu wins Cy Young and then uh, Vlad wins MVP. That would be insane. This is a good, quick little transition because we'll get through this quick because it's been a little while. Um, for AL Rookie of the Year. And I'm, I think I'm going to start us off here. Yeah, go ahead. If that's okay. Yeah, My yeah, AL Rookie excited. of the Year is Alejandro Kirk of the Toronto Blue Jays. I think Kirk is going to knock the ball out of the freaking park like a monster. And that is going – yeah, Curtis's mind just exploded. Um, and if he does that – if okay, if Kirk stays in the majors throughout the year um, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, doesn't get injured, I think he he, he takes it. He takes rookie of the year. Uh, there's Randy Orozarena, who also is up for that award, um, probably, um, just because the Rays the Rays and they find ways to be good. Um, but no, I think Alejandro Kirk, if he's in the majors, I think he wins it. Yes, Curtis. Uh, I, 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 I have a, I have a couple questions about yes. this pick. Yes. Does this mean, does this mean, do you think he's going to take over as a starting catcher? Cause I don't think a backup player has ever won that award. I think, um, I think they're going to end up splitting like 50, 50. Only because Danny Jansen's, I think if, if Danny Jansen struggles out of the gate offensively, you're going to put Kirk in. Um, yes, there's a little bit of defensive liability, but if he's going to score you two, two more runs per however many games than Jansen, then I think you put in Kirk. I think if, I think if you do that though, that means that Jansen is basically expendable at that point. In your, in my opinion, is he not? I mean, he's an elite defender. That's for sure. He was up for the gold glove, I think last year. Um, so he's an extremely good defender. Um, and that, that, you know, you can put in a catcher having this duo um, idea, like for the next couple of years would be incredible because you have an extremely good defensive catcher and him and Ryu get along really well. Um, just like uh, you mentioned Kirk and Ray do. Um, so if these relationships are on the team, they're going to end up splitting time. Um, and even if that means putting Kirk in in late game situations to pinch hit for Jansen um, and he ends up, you know, taking over the rest of the game. Um stuff like that. So no, I think Kirk will get his fair share of opportunities and half of the time rookies don't even like have um, like extreme plate appearances in, in their, in, in their what's classified as rookie year, which is about 150 plate appearances, I believe. Um, so if you re if he gets up to the two, 250 plate appearances, you can be eligible for rookie of the year. Um, if, if you put up pretty good numbers, like I think Kirk will. 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't think he's going to get enough at-bats, man. Yeah, that's, that's like, the I don't... only argument against it, and I, I understand that. That's, But I think I'm, – I'm hoping he does because I think he's going to hit really well this year. I think this is the only time I will, you know, talk about a player from the Orioles and not be funny. But I think for the AL, Ryan Mountcastle's looking to make the Baltimore Orioles roster. And a lot of people are high on him. And I've watched some clips from spring training. And I'm gonna I'm not going to lie with you guys. This award is a complete crapshoot. Like, someone will come out of nowhere in yeah, May and just time. be a god. And we'll be like, where did this guy come from? But I'm going to – this is my only safe pick, in my opinion. I think Ryan Mountcastle is a safe pick. I think, you know, he's shown potential. Like, when he's played in AAA, he's been really good. He's been above 300 hitter. But I just don't think that – I don't think that anyone else will be on a team where, you know, their team's so bad that they look amazing. And I think, you know, going back to the Jose Ramirez kind of argument like if he's the one bright spot on the Orioles I think he has that award like wrapped up like that's his like if he's hitting even like 280 on the Orioles and gets a bunch of home runs or even a bunch of RBIs then you know I think it's his award so I'm going with Ryan Mountcastle for my AL rookie of the year um you know a lot of, it seems like a lot of the awards for the AL are staying in the AL East right now but I just think it's because that division is it's pretty so it's a pretty good division man it's a pretty good division. Besides the Orioles, it's a pretty good division. Yeah. I agree. And the, okay, we'll go over to the NL side of things. And Tyler, I'll let you know what? I'll let you go again. Who do you have, you know, as my, your my pick is the safe pick as well on the Pirates, Cabrian Hayes, their third baseman. Um, he finished off a really strong spring today with a home run, um, just proving how ready he is um for that next step. Um, he played, I think he played a couple games last year and he hit above 300. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to come in and, uh, he's going to be their building block for the future because, you know, we all know the pirates are terrible. Um, so I think he's going to be their, their, their guy this year that they turn to in, in, he's their next Andrew McCutcheon really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon was ridiculous in Pittsburgh. And so he's the next guy to be the face of the franchise. Um, and I think he's going to steal rookie of the year. No problem. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go a pitcher for rookie of the year in the uh, NL East, and I'm going Ian Anderson from the Braves. He had a really good year last year. I mean, he only pitched 32 innings for the Braves, but, you know, he looked really good. His only season in the MLB, and I think the Braves, similar to the Marlins in a certain sense, have a lot of young talent on the MLB roster in the rotation, and it's whether you think they'll sink or float, and I think that for the Braves, it's going to rise. I think the bat, they're going to rise and be better than we've seen them. And I think, you know, it's hard to beat a 159 ERA, but I think he's going to be a, like maybe a two ERA guy uh, this season for uh, the Atlanta Braves behind, you know, Max Fried, uh, Soroka, Morton, like those guys. I think he's going to be the four or five guy, I'm pretty sure. So you know, personally, I just think that he's going to win this award because, you know, pitching is so valuable in this league. And if he can be an above average back of the bullpen guy and, you know, who knows, maybe the Braves um, win the division, which I mean, read my article, but I don't know about that. Uh, and so, yeah, I just think that Ian Anderson's my pick. Uh, he's looked really good. I want to give a shout out to Joey Bart, who's a catching prospect with the Giants. I think he's going to get a lot of time this year. So, with, uh, you know, Buster Posey kind of getting on the older side of things. But, yeah, so I think it'll be interesting. But, yeah, that's my pick for NL Rookie of the Year, which is, again, a complete crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else to say, then we can get to official plug time. No, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'll start this off because I guess I have a lot to plug. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, just because of, you know, circumstances going on the website i kind of had to take control of uh, an article for someone else obviously uh, i said that i wasn't going to be doing a division preview but as of this time of recording uh the uh nl my nl east preview which seems like we talked about a lot in this in these award conversations will be out as you're listening to this so make sure to check that out on 
obviously Overline Sports. And uh, yeah, and then also by the time you're listening to this, I should have my second article of the week out. Uh, it's my Blue Jays preview, you know, looking at the roster. Um, it, it was kind of tough this year, obviously, with all the injuries going into the season. So I kind of have some asterisks on that roster, which will definitely change in the next couple of weeks. But without a doubt, make sure to check that out. Also want to shout out Jonathan uh, Davis. Great story. Glad that he made the Blue Jays. I'm really excited for him. We'll see how much playing time he gets. Maybe not that much, but, you know, he's really performed this spring. So uh, shout out to him. And yeah, so that's all my plugs. Yeah, no, um, for me, just shout out to the baseball team for doing a really good job um, with the previews. Uh, Curtis coming in clutch with uh, this little ending here. So thanks, Curtis. Um, and no, for the first, um, it's still in the works and we'll see what happens, but for at least for the first J series, maybe the first two or a bunch of them in the first month, uh, I at least will be covering a few of their series or maybe a weekly thing where we check out how the Jays did some notes from the game, stuff like that. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what comes up. Um, you know, a lot of stuff to talk about with the baseball team as the season gets underway, but you know, exciting stuff. Um, another shout out is uh, actually, I would strongly encourage that the listeners to this podcast go support the Jays care foundation, which is having their opening 50 50 uh, raffle in the first week of the season. It's always uh, I think for the last two years, it's been the biggest 50-50 um, for opening weekend uh, in the league. And I think this year it's like 500000 or something like that. So great, great charity to go uh, support. So, you know, if you're able, please go and do that. Um, and then, you know, you can just follow me on my socials at uh, Prosec Tyler on Twitter and Tyler R. Prosec underscore on Instagram. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's, that's Tyler's plug time. Tyler's plug time. It's almost the way you said that it almost seems like we need a theme song like it's tireless plug time do 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 we need to make that and we, we need to make that like get an instrumental and have you sing it oh yeah tireless plug time do, <laughs> do, 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 do. that'd be pretty funny i i would i would thoroughly enjoy that i think the listeners would enjoy that too yeah for sure. but um just i'm gonna give one last quick plug because you know tyler kind of okay sparked something in my uh, noggin yeah I, I think obviously the 50 50 is a great thing to support but also um make sure to support you know your local uh, food banks you know obviously we're kind of coming out of things for covid but you know covid's put a lot of people in some uh tough spots lately so you know supporting local is always great whether that's businesses food banks whatever so yeah make sure to put some money towards uh, those organizations and uh help them out moving forward and I mean, even after COVID, you should still do that. It's a great cause. I know I did some work in high school and I haven't really since because of I've been in Toronto and COVID, but with the food banks. So yeah, just make sure to uh, support those, uh, you know, small town businesses and the food banks and help these uh, companies and these people get through uh, this tough time right now. Thumbs up from Tyler Woo! for all the listeners. Woo! But I think that's going to do it for us this week, guys. I want to thank my co-host, Tyler, as always, for joining us. And remind all of you to like and subscribe to this podcast. It really means a lot when you like, subscribe. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts. And also make sure to check out OTL on social media. It's at OTL Sports CA on Twitter and Instagram. And go check out our latest article on www.overlinesportsca. And we'll see you next time on the Blue Jays Wave podcast. Bye, guys.